Hey guys, welcome to Tom Talks. On this episode, we're going to be talking about how dressing too fancy can get you kicked out of the theater. Space is getting closer. Is crypto calling Texas home? Cap rate versus cash on cash return. And crackheads will do anything for $20. Hey guys, welcome to the show. My name is Tom Jung. I'm your host. And I'm Jack Lisenby, co-host. And as always, we'll plug our stuff here real quick. If you're looking to buy or sell a house, we'd love to help you. You can find us at TomsTexasRealty.com, also on Facebook and Instagram at TomsTexasRealty, and we're on TikTok at Tom.Things. In hindsight, probably should have just kept it the same. (laughs) (laughs) Mix it up, keep them on their toes. Yeah, so do anything cool this weekend? Uh, No, actually, we're working on remodeling that uh, closet in the house that used to be for the air handler into a bathroom. Okay, cool. Hot bath? uh, Yeah, just a little powder room. Cool. Very cool. I really didn't do anything too exciting this weekend. Managed not to get sunburned. There you go. With our record heat wave going on. Yeah, I was going to say, it's been like 100 degrees since two weeks ago. Yeah, it's been like 105, 106. It was 96 degrees last night. Good Lord. Yeah. My AC was struggling. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I've had AC go out at like three of my houses. (laughs) Four. Anyways. Uh, Yeah, so what do we got to start with today? So the first thing, there's kind of a trend that's going around. Um, We've we've seen all sorts of different... TikTok trends popping up, obviously, sure. you know, Tide Pods, whatever. Um, but there's a very interesting one that's come around starting on the 4th of July. There was a release of a movie. Um, you remember Despicable Me? It yeah. had the the big guy with the nose and, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. the little minions that every... Yeah, played by uh, Steve Carell. Yeah, it's like every every middle-aged mom has, like, the minions as their ringtone or whatever. Mm-hmm. But uh mm-hmm. gotten kind of popular. But so popular uh, with the teens of the Dallas area that they decided they wanted to get together and have an activity about it. Okay. So it's, it's, it was a group of 150 teens that sparked the trend over in Dallas at the North Park Center Mall AMC. They got together and all dressed up in like suit and ties and stuff like that. So like a group of like high schoolers, 150 yeah. of them just swarmed this mall, apparently calling themselves the Gentlemanians, like gentlemen minion yeah. portmanteau. And apparently the trend caught on and 21 million people saw the video of them doing this, of them approaching the theater. So basically the only thing they really did was they showed up in like suit and ties and watched, the, go movie. watch the movie, right? Maybe okay. acted like high schoolers, but nothing crazy. Yeah. But it's expanded to the point where they're literally banning people from wearing suits at certain locations. Why? Because, okay, so it, it so what happened was, uh, obviously the trend caught on, everyone wanted to do their thing, um, and then somebody had to take it too far. A group of people, I forget exactly which theater it was, started the trend that you go watch the movie, but you're not just watching the movie, like you're being, you're, you, you go in there and have a rave, like they brought music with them, uh, all this other stuff, started making a bunch of noise and was disrupting it for everyone okay so yeah of course somebody has to screw it up for everyone but i I just think it's really interesting because um what it actually ended up doing was opening night they had over doubled their projected turnout for teenage viewers so they were expecting roughly a six percent turnout for teens under 18 to go see this movie and they had a 15 percent turnout on opening day so it's it's just a really interesting uh look at how Something dumb, like viral marketing, because we, we've seen a bunch of stuff like this. We had, uh, what was it? Uh, do you remember the Josh battle mm-hmm. where all these people named Josh, like, got in a group chat together and were like, hey, we're meeting at this date at on this 
location or whatever, and we're all going to battle it out, and whoever wins gets to keep the title. Josh, everyone else has to change their names. What? That, yeah, this, that ha- sounds this awesome, happened though. a few years ago. Okay. But, um, it, anyway, so it's stuff like that that's kind of um, just become this wide-reaching thing as far as marketing goes, and we're starting to see a shift with a lot of different companies and stuff like that. There was a few years ago, Wendy's started doing their thing where they were just talking trash to people on Twitter. Um, and it, it's just a, a really interesting look at um, how all of these companies are starting to kind of pick up on it, especially with 2020 and everyone working from home. Yeah. Um, your in-your-face marketing became a lot harder because most people, they just became so numb to it, to see it on their phones, on their TVs, wherever. And this is more of an interactive style of marketing. So it, it sort of gets people engaged. It not only comes with, hey, this is our product. It's like, hey, this is our product, and here's a fun little call to action. Get your friends involved. Right. It gives, it gives people the ability to tell the story about right. whatever it is, right? Yeah, they get to be the, the, the hero or the star of the, the thing by you know doing an ice bucket challenge or whatever that might date right. me a little bit. But <laughs> Which is, yeah, sadly me too. That's what I thought of initially. Same. Yeah, so... That's interesting. So, like, you know, back in the day, people would dress up to go to the theater. Right. Yeah. yeah. It used to be a whole to do. Yeah. And now uh, I thought maybe this was like a comeback thing for that. But <laughs> no, unfortunately, no one's going to be dressing up to get on planes either. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah. And that was another thing. Yeah. I mm-hmm. saw that. It was some documentary I was watching. I can't remember which one. But uh, it, it's interesting. I, like, back in the day, people dressed a certain way to portray that you were of a certain class or affluency or like you, you were knowledgeable in an area, right? that sort of thing. And I feel like that is kind of disappearing because it's like, you know, anybody can go out and buy a suit for, you know, a hundred bucks, tank of gas at this point. Right. (laughs) And so it's kind of interesting to see how the, just the, you know, just from a business aspect, how Mm -hmm. that's changed. I mean, you know, this, I would never recommend this, but I know, I think it was Amy that was talking about, there's a realtor holding an open house with sweatpants, a jacket, and flip-flops on. <laughs> that and is brave. Yeah. Like, uh, okay, that's, that may be a bit too far. But, um, I mean, yeah. When I started out, I was always in a in a jacket and everything else. And now I'm pretty casual about everything. I was going to say, it's hot enough. You can't be wearing sleeves oh, out here during the summer. So that was the worst part. <laughs> and the best thing ever invented for Texas was the air-conditioned seat. So, oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I'm a little jealous of that. I, I I'm don't know. get some of those on my truck. I don't know how I did before. Long sleeves <laughs> in the winter or in the summer. Mm-hmm. But uh, anyways, very cool. Well, uh, speaking of hot, this is a place where it's very cold. Okay. Space. Indeed. Yes. And so... Uh, if uh, those of you aren't running around on the nerd channels, you might not know, but there's a new telescope in space, the Webb Telescope. And I guess what's exciting about this, I don't actually know a whole lot about it, other than it can see a lot further away or it's more detailed. I don't mm-hmm. know. It's kind of a big deal. Yeah, the uh, the collector mirrors that they use for the uh, the sensor to actually pull in a lot of the light, I think it's like some three times or more bigger than uh, the Hubble. And three times more bigger. You heard yeah, it here. Yep. Yep. That's some great grammar <laughs> I got going right there. But uh, no, it, it's the uh, they recently released. Sorry, not to not to hijack your topic, yeah, but they recently good. released the first color photos that the James Webb Space Telescope has uh, collected recently today. Uh, I believe it was yesterday. But yes, it was very recently. They they posted a picture of some galaxies that they had taken in some region of space where they couldn't see anything with the Hubble at all. It just mm-hmm. looked like black 
nothingness. Saw that. Yeah, and it yeah, looked really that cool. That was like a week ago or so, yeah. Yeah, and then they recently came out, I think this was the one that came out yesterday, they came out with a photo of a dying star, and it's like this huge bloom of like a supernova or whatever. So this thing, this thing is powerful. Like, it, for all the effort Hubble put in for all those photos, it had to take multiple exposures and and do all these corrections, whereas this one just was like... Snap! A, I say snap a couple quick pics. It's about as quick as a telescope like that can do this kind of thing. But yeah. very powerful. Oh, dude, it's it's amazing. And the sorry, I saw the pictures you were referring to, mm-hmm. and it looks kind of like a almost like a cloud coming over a mountain or something. Yeah. And it was like, yeah, this is like twenty six light years tall. <laughs> and I was like, wow, okay, I don't even know how tall it is, but that's <laughs> got to be huge. Um, but yeah, so there, it, I guess. What's really exciting about this is with the amount of detail that they're able to get, they're going to be able to figure out a whole lot more stuff about space. So, for example, they had um, they had this planet, went down this rabbit hole, and my mind was blown. So I'm going to blow everybody else's mind uh, here in just a second. But so is this exoplanet, which is basically a planet that's is exoplanet something that doesn't it's circle our sun. An exoplanet is something outside of the. Uh, Basically, uh, you have the immediate sphere of whatever stellar body is the center of a solar system. You have the uh, the, the main planets, which in our case would be the eight uh, Mercury through Neptune. And then exoplanets would be anything past that that don't necessarily have their, uh, uh, their sphere of influence cleared of objects and debris like ours do. Like there's nothing in Earth's path as it orbits the sun. Gotcha. Okay. So, so this exoplanet... Uh, they they could tell from the Hubble telescope that it probably had water on it. And so they shot it from the Webb telescope, and they could actually measure the amount of gases it had. And I read up on, like, how they mm-hmm. actually calculate this, and it's it's like, I don't, yeah, yeah way over my head. <laughs> but the fact that they can tell all that from some pictures mm-hmm. uh, is pretty cool. But I think this is going to help in um, identifying those, I guess, planets that we could potentially survive on. So after... Musk figures out how to, you know, get the us Mars to Mars situation. And, yeah, and then to the next planet. So uh, I thought that was cool. And then I went down the rabbit hole of how how many planets are in the Milky Way, which, by the way, do you know what the Milky Way is named after? Uh, I assume not the chocolate bar. Probably <laughs> probably the fact that, you know, the, the space dust, whenever you look at it in the sky, has like a milky consistency. I don't actually know. Yeah. I, uh... I actually thought it had something to do with the candy bar. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, it was named after a Greek goddess, Hera, H-E-R-A, yeah. Hera, yeah. And it, I guess there's some kind of fable that she spread milk across the uh, Milky Way, across the galaxy. Yeah. Anyways, the sky. Something. Yeah, that, yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Anyways, okay. that's where it came from. In China, it's known as the Silver River. That's a lot cooler. I think it we is. We should too. do that. I mean, Milky Way sounds cool, but like spilling milk across the universe, eh, it's odd, right? <laughs> um, so, anyways, I was looking into how big is our galaxy, and they actually don't specifically know how many stars are in it, mm-hmm. but I was shocked that they believe in its. Uh, they don't have an exact number, right? Because we can only see so far and, you know, but based on what they figured out with the Hubble telescope, they believe it's between 100 and 400 billion stars. Oh, it has to be more than that. This, yeah. It's oh, huge. I, yeah, and I didn't realize, but, and so this is what blew my mind the other day. So the, so that's our galaxy, 
mm-hmm. which I think is on the bigger end from what I was reading. It's towards the, like they're smaller ones, but mm-hmm. um, in that you were talking about that um, small piece of black space that the Webb telescope shot. They saw uh, I don't know how many galaxies, but a ton of them, and so they estimate there's at least a hundred billion galaxies. 100 billion galaxies, let's say 200 billion stars in each galaxy, with how however many planets revolving around those. Yep. Like it's yeah. a lot. <laughs> yeah. I didn't realize how big it is. I can't even comprehend and, that in my head. And most of it's just empty nothingness. Yeah. So so crazy. I love space. <laughs> but it's also scary. Anyways, that's all I got. Just it's out there. Just Check nerding out. The photos. out. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty yeah, cool. it is really cool. I'm a big fan of it. I've, like I said, I was trying not to hijack the uh, the topic, but I'm a huge space nerd. Yeah. Grew up watching, like, the Science Channel before it was all about, you know, selling off storage containers. <laughs> <laughs> it became a reality TV network. I'm not a big fan of it anymore. Okay. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> uh, one thing I am a fan of is all the news in crypto recently. And mm. uh, the biggest thing is coming to Texas, like, literally the biggest thing. Okay. It's going to be the world's largest uh, Bitcoin mining Proje- uh, project makes sense. Everything's yeah. bigger in Texas. Of course, yeah. yeah. We gotta we gotta outdo everyone, and we <laughs> we really outdid them with this one. Um, over in Corsicana, about seven miles out of the city, there's going to be a 333 million dollar uh, investment made by a Bitcoin mining company called Riot Blockchain, who's actually based out of Rockdale, uh, Texas. So they've got a, a really big project going on over there in Rockdale that they're actually hoping to scale up with a new location, a 265 acre. Uh, facility over outside of Corsicana. Wow. Yeah. So That's it, awesome. It's going to be huge. And uh, they're offering like all the benefits, you know, good salaries, uh, uh, like medical benefits, 401ks, all this other stuff of like a more traditional style business. Um, and they're hoping to bring all that to the people of Corsicana. But, you know, understandably, a lot of the people in the city are kind of mad about this future development that's going to be coming in because they don't want more people well i don't think it's so much the people it's more the fact that um bitcoin mining eats up a ton of power it creates a ton of heat yeah and they're going to be tapping into one of the switches right outside of corsicana uh one of the major switches in um uh ERCOT. it's mm-hmm. essentially like it, barring the whole grid failing like this is kind of like being next to a fire department or a police department you're not going to have blackouts because they have such robust infrastructure there yeah. they're hoping to become a part of that infrastructure by building around that area huh so that way they just have a constant uninterrupted supply of power and on top of that there's water resources in the area yeah so for, for those of you that may not know of course can is about uh our south a little bit south east of dallas Mm -hmm. and it's a small there's not a whole lot out there it's a smaller town yeah but there's uh yeah there's two lakes nearby yeah and they plan on using the water from those lakes kind of like uh what's that one hydrostatic plant uh out here that keeps the lake warm uh uh, in arlington yeah is it is it lake arlington Arlington, yeah yeah. the the first five feet we were out there the other day the first Mm -hmm. five feet of water is like really warm and then it's like this weird coolness under the water yeah yeah, it's, it's, it's probably going to end up something like that, unfortunately, because these things put out a ton of heat. And mm. at 265 acres, chalked full of essentially graphics cards just running and day not... in and day out. Okay, well, two things. Okay. They're not doing their own, like, solar to power this? Not as far as we can tell. They're going to be getting everything off of the grid. Okay, huge opportunity for the solar companies out there. <laughs> and then uh, 
Number two, why would you put it in the hottest place possible? Like, okay, so that's that's part. Why of the would reason you put these, this in Canada? Mm-hmm, that's part of the reason Montana. these guys are so um, North Dakota. There's the, nothing there. The local people of Navarro County are really mad about this because of that. For that reason, so right now we're facing ERCOT sending out notices to people like, "Hey, keep your energy down. The grid's mm-hmm. suffering. It's hot. You know, it's difficult to keep up with demand." And we're facing water companies reaching out saying things like, "Hey, you need to conserve water." Like we're facing a potential drought. All these other things. Mm-hmm. Like it hasn't rained in over a month we yeah we had some rain earlier this year but yeah yeah some of the lakes are down and it's and they're and they're basically bringing out this huge energy demanding hog of a of a facility to this place where they don't really have the infrastructure to support it at the city level mm-hmm. so these guys are basically going to be uh forcing all of these changes on the local populace so they're not they're not super happy about it while it will bring in a ton of money and business and and stuff like that it's going to end up heating their water supply which could kill off the local ecosystem Mm. or damage it um we don't know what sort of like pollution it may cause in the local water supply and obviously the the draw and demand on power in the local area will make it more difficult for residents to use it during peak hours so there's there's a lot of things going back and forth that they need to hash out before they end up making the move but it sounds like the local people really are not for the change unfortunately yeah that's uh should be real interesting to see how that plays out Mm -hmm. it could be a it could be a big step forward for you know cryptocurrency being used as a as a denomination at some point in the future but not if we can't get it up and running yeah interesting very cool very cool there's there really hasn't been anything going on out there Ever, so that's that's fair <laughs> business wise that's exciting but yeah that's that's wow cool well um one of the reasons they they probably picked that location was the uh the cash on cash return that they might get from it probably <laughs> uh yeah so this segment's gonna be really boring for people who don't enjoy investing um basically we're gonna talk a little bit about cap rate versus cash on cash return these are terms that are typically used quite a bit in investment real estate. And so if you're new to it or you're learning more about it, you may hear these terms thrown around and not exactly know what they mean. So I figured we'd run through them today. So the cap rate is something that's usually used when you're talking about commercial property. It's not so much used in residential properties. And there's this weird dividing line, uh, like a duplex is considered, can be considered residential and a triplex and a quadplex, but anything over a quad is considered a commercial, like multifamily type situation, apartments. Gotcha. That kind of thing. Yeah, it's it's I don't know, it's a weird deal. Anyways, um, but a lot of times, even on the duplexes, that sort of thing, you'll see cap rate. Cap rate's a very simple calculation. It's basically your total net revenue in a year. So, if you know, if you let's say that you've got a quadplex, brings in a hundred grand in a year. You subtract out your taxes, your maintenance, all that other stuff. You get your total net number. And just to back up real quick, gross is the total amount that comes in. Net is after expenses. Right. I had the hardest time with that for like a year. I don't yeah. know why. It's, <laughs> Anyways, um, so you take your total net and you divide it by the cost of the how much it costs to buy it. And that's how you get your cap rate. And so uh, we had a meeting. This is why I thought of it. We had a meeting last week last week yeah um with some investors that were looking to deploy quite a bit of capital and they were talking in these terms and um yeah i'd missed a couple of things uh they were using a lot of vernacular yeah exactly so anyways i thought it'd be good to you know 
do a little uh, education on this. Um, so, so that's typically how it's done, and it does not factor in a mortgage. So when these guys are talking about it, they're talking about, you know, if you pay cash for it, um, mortgage doesn't go into that. Now, if you're talking about a cash-on-cash cash return, you do factor in your mortgage, and you're looking at literally your net revenue. I'm sorry, your uh, your cash that you make. It's usually over a time period, like a year. So if if I cash flowed ten thousand dollars in a year, and it cost me a hundred thousand um, dollars cash out of pocket to buy it, then that's a ten percent return. Ten percent. 10% cash on cash return. I don't like using that. A lot of people use that for like uh, single family rentals, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I don't, there's probably a term out there. I don't know what it is. I'm going to call it the real return on investment because when I look at a property, um, because I don't have, you know, just, you know, millions of dollars sitting aside to, you know, pay cash for everything, uh, I'm factoring everything in. And then my return, so I factor everything in to my expenses and my, return, I factor in not only the cash return, but the appreciation, the uh, tax benefits, like everything that's not, you know, that is money related, whether or not that that the capital is liquid or not. So a lot of that's going to be trapped in the house as equity or the property. Uh, So anyways, just me personally, when I look at something, it's like, okay, if I'm going to have 30,000 into this property, and my total return is going to be 20000 that's a pretty solid return. Like, uh, I know you can't pull it all out right, right away, but, you know, I feel like that's the way So, like, that's your equi- equitable return. Yeah. I don't know if that's the actual term for it. Well, see, it's not all equity either, because some of it's like, you know, I'm saving yeah, two grand on yeah, taxes. Yeah, you are making rent and, and everything. Yeah, and so, I don't know. There's all different ways to look at it, but those are, those are... Cap rate and cash on cash return are, are two very popular terms that are out there. And a good cap rate, and this is the other thing I learned, um, a good cap rate is typically anywhere bef- between 5 and 10%. And this has a lot to do with where the economy's at and that kind of thing. And so the guys that we met with were trying to find something where they could get an 8 to 10% cap rate. Yeah, so upper end. Yeah, which I didn't realize how difficult that is to do here. Like we were looking at all kinds of things Mm -hmm. like uh, building places, you know, trying to buy stuff that's already existing and it's, uh, it's near impossible. Few and far between with that one. Yeah. But uh, anyways, that's all I got. Okay. Hope that wasn't too confusing for everybody. No, I think, I think it's really interesting because like I said, it's stuff that we kind of already knew. We just didn't know a lot of the words that they were using to describe them. Yeah. It's like, it's like the first time I talked to a financial advisor Mm -hmm. And they, they start talking in financial terms, and I'm like, okay, there were three yep. words I didn't understand <laughs> in that sentence. I need yeah. you to explain this to me like I'm a third grader. It's like the difference between Spanish and Portuguese. You get some of it, and the rest of it is just kind of like over your head. Yep, yep. So. Uh, well, I mean, we could always uh, talk about the cash-on-cash cash return for catalytic converters. Oh, okay. Because uh, there's been a rise in them recently, and not necessarily a good one. Um, in Texas alone, the uh, the number of thefts for uh, reported thefts for catalytic converters has ri- risen 5,300 percent, 
in, since 2019. Dang. So a very significant jump. So if you've got a, a car with a, a big catalytic converter like an SUV or a truck or something like Weld that. Weld it down. Yeah, keep, keep eyes on that <laughs> thing. <laughs> They're not cheap, and we're going to talk about why. So the main three components that people look for whenever they are stealing catalytic converters is um, rhodium, palladium, and platinum. Because these things, I think at platinum is, what, $20,000 an ounce right now. So ridiculous. There's only wow. a few grams in e- of each in there. But, you know, you combine them together, you can make they it good. They use it for spaceships or what? No, no, no. So they, well, they, they just sell them for uh, the precious metals are used in all sorts of instruments and stuff like that. So, like, as a raw metal, obviously, you know, platinum is used in jewelry as well. But Short supply right now? Yeah, just short supply in general. They're hard to refine and get out of the earth in general. So it, they, they have a, a very high market for people who need them. Um, but on top of that, they're just rare. Mm. So uh, those two things. But there's about three to seven grams of each in a catalytic converter. Uh, on average, depending on the size of your vehicle. So they can make a few hundred bucks on it whenever they saw it off the bottom of your car. But <laughs> so they just bring out a hacksaw and. Yeah, basically a hacksaw one or, or two a, cuts a, a and done. Ro- what, is, what is it called? I'm, I'm blanking on it. The um, Dremel or whatever. Like a. Like a if um, they're really dedicated. I just blinked on it too. I had it uh, like a sawzall. Yeah, anything yeah. that can just cut through some thin steel essentially because mm-hmm. it's just tubing on each side and there's like a small mount. Sometimes you unscrew it, yeah. uh, whatever. But um, the thing is, while it's only a few hundred bucks for them to so- sell it off to some local scrapyard, it's going to cost you between a grand and $3,000 to get it replaced. Dang. So it's it's always a really good thing. To, if you see somebody working under a car that doesn't necessarily look like they're repairing anything, they may be up to no good. Uh, let your local law enforcement know. But they um, recently, these guys have been branching out. They are stepping up their game from catalytic converters to phone lines. Okay. Yeah, so recently, especially in Dallas, there's been a rise in the number of phone lines that have been cut down uh, because they have copper in them. Interesting. Yeah, so while it's not as rare as, you know, palladium or something, copper is still obviously really a valuable metal. We can use it in all sorts of heat conducting things, uh, like I said, instruments and obviously telephone and power lines. Huh. So they've been going around climbing up the pole, cutting down these telephone wires because they're a lot lower um, power than uh, a voltage than like power lines, obviously, which are very dangerous. Sure. They'll just go up there, they'll disconnect it, cut it down, and then they'll take off with it. But it's it's damaging a lot of the communities because a lot of these lines are not necessarily done in uh, in parallel, but in sequence. So if you cut a line, it may black out an entire community's <laughs> telecommunications. Oh, jeez. Yeah, and with the with the work from home still easing out, not everyone's still going to the office. A lot of people are still relying on internet capabilities. Uh, and if nothing else, if you have a landline and that's your only form of communication, well, you can't call 911 if something happens. Right. Yeah, so if you see anyone climbing a pole that doesn't explicitly have some kind of <laughs> <laughs> logo on their vest that would lead you to believe that they belong up there, you yeah. might want to call the police for that too. So what 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 is the uh, catalytic catalytic converter do? Okay, so for the catalytic converter, if you look underneath your um, your car, it's part of that big block or whatever that's mm-hmm. part of the muffler. It's inside there, and it's used... Essentially, these are... Um, these metals are reactive to the carbon that comes out of the, the exhaust of your car. They basically bind to it, kind of like how uh, copper is self-cleaning, quote-unquote, uh, and it, it neutralizes a lot of that. It helps you pass emissions, essentially. Gotcha. So so has there been, I don't know if you know this or not, but has there been, like, anything invented that's like, hey, 
we can do the same thing with this. Not that I'm aware of, but if your truck's old or if your car is older than I think it's 25 years, you don't have to pass emissions anymore. So I, if it gets stolen, just put a straight pipe on it and you'll be good. <laughs> That's pretty and, much the only out right now. Unless you care about the environment. Right. Then. Yeah, yeah okay. of course, of course. Or just get an electric vehicle. They don't have to worry about it. There you go. Interesting. Okay. Um, anything else today? No, that's it. Cool. Well, uh, yeah, that was uh, some interesting stuff. So hold on to your converters and we will see you next week.